0: Well, Joshua said it right before we came on the air, but after spending the better part of the past several seasons losing for the entire game, I think it hurts a lot more to lose at the last second as we go live here on Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. John Lee joined by Sam Kastner and Joshua Morgan this week. Michael Black is on hiatus. And, uh, well, ouch. That sucked.
1: Yeah, it did. (laughs) We are sad.
2: Look, like John mentioned it, but I, I am used to much worse. I'm used to uh, us being scored on very early in the game and then just like trudging through the rest of the game. So yeah, it, it's a, it's heartbreak, but it's it's less heartbreak than normal maybe.
1: Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm just really bummed. Um, shouts to Chris, who's live right at the beginning with us. Um, he said where to begin? Pines must make that stop at midfield um took a poor angle, you know, take the card if necessary even if it's a red like yeah I think we all pretty much agreed um he'd been having a, a decent game up until that point but he just came at that at midfield he came he ran at that ball all wrong and just got beat yeah. um and at that point yeah you pull him down you it's probably not a red cuz there were kind of other defenders there you could probably argue it wasn't
0: I think he had two chances to do it, right obvious goal
1: scoring opportunity yeah but the second one was like in the box already um, Ooh,
0: I, I think he could have got him just outside the box, which certainly would have been a yellow and would have set him up for a dangerous free kick. Yeah. At the beginning, I think he just he overcommitted and then was like, oh, I'm not going to get there without taking him out and thought he could get back. And he, he just couldn't.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's a bummer. Um, I, I think we played a, um, and this is I think the story of last week, too. We, we played a more decent first half. Um, And really had our chances and just didn't put them away. And we'll get into it. Um, But the second half, we were not as strong a team. Um, New York City maybe you know deserved the one equalizer, but it's such a bummer to be coming away with no points after that one.
0: Yeah, and I mean the the first New York City goal was, I think I said it to you guys right as it happened, and they said it on the booth too. It looked like it was right off the practice field. It was a great it's a great goal off a corner. I mean, it's. Never fun to concede off a corner, but it, it wasn't shambles and somebody completely unmarked. It was, you know, Julian could have maybe been a little bit tighter on it, made it a little more difficult, and it hits the post and bounces in. I mean, it's inches on that one to me. I'm, I'm okay giving up that goal. I don't know how you guys feel.
2: Yeah, no, I agree. It was It's a tough piece, and those are good players. Maxi Morales and, and, and Keaton Parks kind of runs a pick off uh, Donovan Pines, and, and Grussell had a pick. In between running into pines and running around them, and in the time that it took him to run around pines, that space is created, and it's in the far far corner. Yeah,
1: yeah. and we saw on the broadcast, Lasada had been yelling, Mark 55, right? That was before the goal had been scored, yeah. so he knew. <laughs> that is not
0: what I thought he was yelling about 55, but he, <laughs> it turns out that that was almost certainly what he was yelling about 55. Oh, it's tough. But uh, look, we got to start with, at the very beginning of the game, it was an absolute it was a ball on a rope from Moses Nyman to set up the opening goal early on Nigel Roberta opens up his DC United account and uh, and and, and we we're flying high at the beginning of the game it yeah. was it was a finish that we hadn't seen in in a while from this team after a million shots and another went in the back of the net to score in the first 10 minutes Set the tone pretty well, and and I think we were all feeling pretty optimistic for probably the first seventy minutes of that game.
1: Yeah, and I'll be interested in, on why Moses came out. because um, pretty yeah. early I was like, he's the man of the match. He he was playing really really well. Um, and he didn't come off limping, right? There wasn't any kind of well, visible. He sat down though, right?
2: I I think
0: he he did sit down on the pitch, but it wasn't to me. It wasn't apparent what happened what was even hurting
1: yeah he didn't really look to be in pain i don't know it was it was kind of weird so i'll be interested to see if someone asks about it um in the presser and yeah i mean it it was such a great ball he was he was playing so well yeah
2: it was and it's 11th start and and he's he's Transfer values going up But I don't even want to talk about that I'm just enjoying Moses Nyman and How about
1: then, um, a Gold Cup roster prospect or up? Let's talk about that That's what
2: I'd rather focus on And then, yeah. yeah, Roberta does does well I mean, he's like one on three Or at least one on two there And uh, on his left foot I don't think the, MLS, the NYC defenders thought he had that in his bag No one did Because so we haven't really seen too much of him But it was an absolute rocket with his left foot It was finished I loved it
1: yeah yeah, it was really great, and I we had a ton of chances beyond that as well, right? We were buzzing in and around. A ton is a lot. I don't know. I think we had the run of play in the first half, um, especially in the beginning of the first half. We definitely had other chances that we should have put away, and I mean, straight up to right before New York City's second goal, right? We oh, had man. chances. Yeah. Um, I think Paul particularly had two or three that he really should have put in the back of the net, and it was disappointing to see that he didn't, and it ended up hurting us at the end
2: yeah I, I think there's a lot of things that you can take from this game that ended up hurting us I, I mean uh someone in the reddit uh, post game thread was talking about Ernan has as taught this team a style and that style is verticality and pressing and attacking but what happens when you go up early when nothing on the road yeah like do you do that do you press yeah, and attack
1: absolutely for, for
2: the third game in a week uh that's I don't think that's what happened we were at 39 percent possession uh, at the end of the first half, and I'm sure it's even lower for the second half. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah I, I, it's a good point, and I, I think I, – I, I take your point too, Zam, of, you know, yes, that's what we should do. I don't think that's what we did, though. No. And, and yes. I wonder if that's – is that Lasada learning this team now and, and seeing, like, third game in a week, not the top choice lineup to start the game. We scored early. Like, maybe we're comfortable, you know, pressing when we have a good opportunity to and, and not the whole game. Um, I, I don't know why that happened, but I, I think you're right in the sense that if in, in Lozada's ideal system, that's certainly what we would be doing. Yeah,
1: and we heard him say that when he was first hired, right? I'd rather win a game 4-3 than one nothing. So yeah. I, he wants to be taking those chances and scoring more, knowing that that does leave you vulnerable in the back, and sometimes you will be caught pressing so high. Um, but ideally, you're finishing more often than you're being scored on, and we're not really seeing that at the beginning. Um, yeah. So again, it'll be really interesting in the presser because last week, I mean, Ernon what are you gonna do to help these guys finish? I can't do anything. Yeah. Next question. I'll be right? interested to see He's if he lived, answers Stephen so. Goff's question, regardless. Of what <laughs> yeah. is, but
0: we'll see here in a few moments. I will be
2: interested to see if if, if his approach is the same. That like, you're right, Sam. He he did say I'd rather win. I I don't want to win one nothing basically ever, but. That was before he took a a midweek game in Miami and then a weekend game in in New York. Uh, They were in D.C. We went to the open practice and and saw them. That's a lot of travel and a lot of lost time for recovery and and even like walking through what you're going to do against the next opponent. It would be interesting to see if he changes and adapts. I, I think as much as Donovan Pines learned a lesson on that second goal, Lasada has lessons to learn from this game too. Well, and you brought it up. I mean,
0: five changes to the lineup uh, from midweek and last weekend, which those two those two 11s were the same. But two starters, or at least two starters tonight defending, went off injured, um, and third game in eight days. So holding on to that 1-0 lead, I, yeah, I mean, it, I think, and this is not me saying I wish we had Ben Olsen back, because I certainly don't, but I, I think those teams were more conditioned to hold on to a lead like that, and Lasada's style is more pressing. I didn't see the press tonight, and, and in times it almost looked like, okay, well, defensively they were they're pretty stout. I wasn't upset with the defensive effort, but then when they did take possession in the second half, it was like, okay, what are we going to do with the ball now? It, it felt like there wasn't a ton of, of things getting pieced together, at least in the second half.
1: I think that is more so due to individual performances today, not necessarily being up to snuff, than a type of system that Lozada was trying to to put in that's fair um were
0: there specific players you thought were yeah well off the pace tonight paul
1: and julian and you mentioned during the game that you had a question about them you wanted to I ask did. us on the pod i we're like waiting for the presser though too these uh, little p- beginning segments are always kind of awkward because <laughs> we're we, treading water here yeah <laughs> we know that we can be cut off at any moment we don't want to get too into the nitty-gritty detail yeah. um but th- those are two players so we'll, we'll save your question um I don't know if I'm going to answer a little bit of it now but those are two players I think for the past several games haven't really been playing at the caliber we expect them to um and they've they've cost us some pretty important moments right potential goals um just yep. th- their attitude looks kind of they look really just down on themselves kind of and how they're playing um and if Again, if they if they bury some, or if you know Julian does some things differently on the field, he sends some different crosses in. Then I think it's a completely different game.
2: It
3: was just a matter of time. But uh, you also play against a pretty good team who has so much quality. When you see the players coming up from the bench from New York City, uh, are the players doing the difference? Parks on the first goal. And then the number eight at the end, were incredible run in a moment where I just told my players on the on the changing room that uh, when you take a point, it's a point. And even when you have a corner kick in the very last second of the game, I don't understand why we still are going with so many numbers in the box. Instead of realizing today, a point is enough. We fight and we go back uh, to DC with one point. And, And on the contrary, we go up front with so many people, uh, the people that normally needs to be in the box, and no one realized what I would do. And even Donovan with crumbs is willing to go forwards to score the second goal. But I have to say that that might be my fault because I am the one trying to to set the tone and and create that winning mentality in my team to, to win at all costs. To always play for the victory at home or, or away and of course uh, at, the, at the very last second it's, it's about communication and it's a lesson for the future and it will happen again uh, and based on all the efforts uh, we did and all the energy we we brought today on an away game against a very good opponent I guess the point was uh, more than deserved. We'll Go to Jason Anderson. Hi, on.
0: Uh, it looked uh, with the changes you made uh, in the lineup, uh, it looked like you had uh, more of a three man central midfield rather than three up front. Um, what were you looking for in making that change to the, the formation, bringing Yamil Assad in?
3: Uh, first of all, it was a matter of giving minutes to all the players. Um, we knew that many, many of us in our roster, they are not allowed yet to play three games in one week. So many changes. I didn't have any option. Um, And on the other hand, I also want to give minutes to the players that deserve it, that were working hard. So it was a combination of, in some positions, just don't have another option um, and looking for... uh, Maybe a little bit more stability on on the midfield, knowing that the two number six of New York City are are two key players for the build-up and for uh, all the circulation goes through to those two players. But on the other hand, uh, still with Paul and with uh, Nigel, and in transition, like the way we scored the goal, the intention was to to go forward, to play that first ball, ball vertical and and try to attack the, the empty spaces that they left, uh, knowing that the two fullbacks play very high and the two centre backs are always wide open. So our goal was the best example of what we wanted to do when we recovered the ball. But on the other hand, I also felt that we were way too insecure when we recovered the ball. We, we didn't want to play. And I was expecting a lot more in possession. I always say, I don't want to have possession just to have possession. I want to have possession to create Opportunities, but there were moments that you need to be a little bit more smart. Keep the ball in the team. Let the ball run, let the ball do the work. Like Philadelphia did in Audi field, like Orlando did in Audi field. Like many teams do on the road when they are up front. So again, it's a game to learn and a lesson for the future.
4: We'll go back to Steve. Hernan, what what happened to Moses in the first half? Was it related to the, the conditions?
3: I really don't know. He was gassed. He was empty after 20 minutes. He was already asking for the change and we couldn't hold it anymore. And that's a pity because it was a player that we were expecting to give him 90 minutes with fresh legs. He didn't play the last two games. And we were forced to, to do not only that change and that replacement. Almost every replacement was uh, for obligation. Uh, Brendan felt something. He stayed in the changing room during the halftime. Frederick with uh, cramps. Um, uh, Joseph had a, a quick yellow card, and that right side of New York City was the most dangerous. Um, so um, almost all the changes that we did were more. Yeah, I, I didn't have a choice. So it's a pity, and it's something that we will evaluate the coming days because we're gonna have many more weeks to come with uh, midweek games and. You need a big roster to to survive those moments, and today we didn't do it.
4: We'll go back to Jason.
3: Jason, go ahead. Uh,
0: Arnon, you got you got the goal uh, from Nigel today. uh, His first start, his first goal in the league. Uh, How do you evaluate
2: his overall performance?
3: I think he did great. It was was a beautiful goal out of our first chance. so Today we can talk about efficiency, uh, even though I think we had other opportunities to score the second goal. There was a cut ball, a cut pass to Russell Canals that it has to be always a goal. A uh, chance with Paul, with left, uh, on set pieces we were dangerous. So, but efficiency was there and I'm happy for Nigel for his first, lo- first goal in in MLS, and it's going
4: to give us a lot of more competitivity
3: up front. We'll do one more question. We'll go to Mario Amaya. Mario. Hola, Hernan. Uh, a, pesar del resultado, ¿cómo crees que fue el desempeño del? ¿tú crees que fue el desempeño del equipo, especialmente de la defensa, ¿no? que pudieron neutralizar a dos jugadores importantes como Castellanos y jury Aoki? No lo sé, tengo que volver a verlo el partido. Tuve la sensación de que por momentos lo hicimos bien, por momentos estábamos muy metidos atrás, no había suficiente presión sobre el jugador en posesión. Es un partido para analizar tranquilo, tenemos ahora una semana larga y un partido en casa antes de un nuevo break, que para nosotros no será un break, porque tenemos que jugar tres amistosos. Así que lo vamos a analizar tranquilo durante la semana y veremos. Los puntos positivos y los puntos a seguir trabajando.
0: Coach, that's it. Thank you. Well, lots of ground to cover there with uh, Hernan Lasada's post-game thoughts, but I- I'll tell you, the three of us were genuinely shocked to hear his initial question. Which I apologize, we we joined a split second late, but uh, in-, in responding to Stephen Goff, talking a bit about how he was frustrated that we had so many men forward for that final corner kick and and then to to give up the goal at the end when you could have taken a point on the road is incredibly frustrating and that is not the Hernan Lasada we've heard since we hired him. Right. Well then um, he,
1: he then addressed it. He then said that's possibly my fault because this is what I've been I would say you know, so. training these guys to do. <laughs> but I mean, he, he said it. It makes sense that he is going so, he's swinging so hard into what he wants to teach these guys that they haven't gotten into the finer points of when it is okay and you have put in all the work yeah. and it's okay to take the point, like your third game in a week away against a very good New York City team, right? So, This, to me, and he said it, too, it's a learning experience. There is a lot to take away from this I think he's
0: learning as as much as the players, too.
1: Exactly, yes. He's learning about the league. The players are learning more about his system. Again, he's been with this team for 11 games now, right? So we're still learning the Lasada system, and we saw the cracks in that today. And that's what everyone's kind of been saying is, yeah, these teams that we've been playing aren't really great new york city is going to be a really great example of playing against a good team and we saw what that meant for the team today
2: yeah i i think it's uh, it's a lot to do with the rotation of the squad because of the fixture congestion these players probably haven't been in the situation together yet right uh why is donovan pines the last one back instead of being in the box for a corner why is kevin paredes in the box and not back when he's on fresh legs there's probably uh, the lack of leadership because Briant leaves, and, and now we have three brand-new center backs, basically, in our back line. Uh, and so these are growing pains. And and that's, that's unfortunate for us tonight, but I can see how it can easily happen. Yeah, and it is important to remember,
0: I mean, we're having growing pains while we're right around the playoff line in June. You know, that's okay, right? Yeah, and we talked exactly. a lot about how y- – this part of the season, I mean, hell, we, have, we haven't been this close to the playoff line this part of the season <laughs> in a while. So this is good. And, you know, if, if this is how you got to learn, fine, do it now and not in September or October, right? Um, yeah. I, a couple other things that he mentioned there lineup changes were, you know, influenced by giving minutes to players who've been working hard in training, but also a, another nod to, you know, the three games in a week, um, which again, I, I wonder how much of you know the schedule craziness. Lasada knew at the beginning of the season when, you know, he was like, "This is the vision," and I think the vision works great in a you know we play a once a week vacuum. But yeah, I, I I'm with you, Sam. I think I think he's learning too.
1: Well, it's interesting, too, because he's been caught off guard that not every team plays midweek when D.C. United plays midweek, right? That's something we all know as MLS fans is that some teams play midweek some games and you get the longer rest. And he's been publicly caught off guard twice with that now. So to me, it's less...
0: Welcome to the nonsense. (laughs) (laughs) So to me, it's
1: less that he doesn't really know how to structure the fitness for this team, because structuring the fitness for someone who hasn't played three times in a week versus someone who has. Right. You can argue that the press and the system, even if your guys are tired, the other guys are just as tired. So if your fitness level is already a notch above theirs, the system still works. But the fact that he's kind of realizing that MLS does not function that way, yeah. it'll be interesting to see moving forward how he does adjust to that.
2: Yeah, and, and I think just like beyond fitness, there's a a, a depth issue on DCI. We don't have the deepest roster. And when we start subbing on our fifth string center back, that guy's probably not going to be the fastest player in MLS, right? And yeah. I think that's what caught us out in here. And Donovan Pines is a starter, but there could have been someone else. And I think that's going to take time. Let let Lucy and let Lasada find the players that they want to fill out, not just the starting 11, but also that bench so that we have players that can execute the system, uh, even from the first string all the way down. Yeah. We talked a little bit about that,
0: too. I mean, players were gassed. Uh, that's why Nyman came out. And, and that's it, it sounds like every single sub we made, for the most part, was because someone was either just dead or they, had, they picked up a knock somewhere. Um, I mean, I we commented during the game. It was before the 70th minute. We would used five subs, crazy, um, which is you know certainly not something we're used to seeing in DC United errors in the past. Even hitting the three threshold in a game, <laughs> but I mean that's early and also a little scary. You got go to go the final 20 minutes without an available sub. You know, we saw what that did to Montreal midweek. Um, yeah, I think the depth is huge and not just at the striker position.
2: Yeah, yeah yeah, i think center back is where it hurt us today and you know we'll, we'll grow and it's that's a process and it'll take time but i, I think the people in charge and even the people that are in the depth right now are good players they're decent uh, but we don't have all the players that this system needs yet
1: yeah i'd agree um we, we all collectively sound a little less sad than we did at the very beginning of the show. Um, and, and it's still disappointing, right? You always, when you go up that early, you want to be able to come away with something, especially on the road against a very good New York team. Um, but JRAG uh, mentioned it in the comments. You know, it's it's disappointing, but it's really not the end of the world. Awesome. As we we've all said, there are many factors going into this one. The team didn't play horrifically, right? Um, So there are things to take and learn from and grow. And like John said, you know, in June, when you're right at the playoff line, this is the time to learn these lessons and to make these mistakes. So that way, going into August, September, October playoffs, you already have these lessons in the back of your mind and you're not making those same mistakes. Yeah,
2: and I I mentioned in my pregame prediction that we've never taken – we've only taken four points off of NYCFC and – in a season once and and you know i would really doubt it that this happened we'll have a chance in october so so maybe you know there's some growth between now and then it looks like ready to go to the press conference we'll go back steve go ahead man
4: hi nigel thanks for your time um what was what was your reaction um to the way the game unfolded and particularly the (laughs) the way the game ended after Uh, your, your team led most of the day I think we started we started well in the in the in the first half, and uh, yeah, we scored a goal early in the early in the game, and uh, I think we played a, a great first half. And uh, <clears throat> I think second half uh, we kind of rushed in, in the game and started to kick long balls. And I think that was the, our mistake. And uh, then they scored the an equalizer, and I think at that point we just have to tell each other, like as a team. Like if we cannot win here, then we not lose as well. So then in the, in the last, I think 10 seconds, we also get a chance and then it falls on the other side. So very disappointing.
3: We'll go to Jason Anderson.
0: Hi Nigel, thanks for speaking with us. Um, I I wanted to ask about the goal itself uh, for you and, and generally the Building connections with the rest of the team. I know some of your time here was broken up with uh, overcoming the injury, so it's kind of a two-parter.
4: Yeah, I think uh, yeah. Since I came here, uh, yeah, I didn't start that well. Like the first game uh, against them at home, I was a little bit sick as well. So and after that, I had an injury, so I wasn't didn't start that well. I didn't start great. So I'm happy to have my first goal, but. I think uh, in the end, it's it's about the the result, and uh, like I said, I'm very disappointed that we uh, that we lost it.
0: to Jose Umania, Jose.
4: Hey, Nigel. Thank you for speaking with us. Um, my question is, you know, you played today. Where do you see yourself right now in the pecking order with the rest of the strikers on the team, and uh, where do you what do you think you add? Uh, with the rest of the season going forward, Uh yeah, that's a difficult, difficult question. I think this, this more question for Hernan the the head coach, and uh, I just try to give my my uh, my all for the team and uh, my max for the team, and uh, then in the end, it's it's up to the coach who is gonna put on the, on the first eleven. So uh, whenever I play, I just try to give my give hundred percent for the team and. Uh, I think with my with
0: my speed with my speed and uh, the runs in behind, I can be uh, very dangerous and uh, help the team as well. So. We'll
4: do one more question. We'll go to Mauricio. Hey, Nigel! Congratulations on the goal and uh, don't get discouraged by the um, by the result. Just take the positive thing that uh, you start on the eleven today and you score is your first goal with the uh, DC United. So congratulations. <laughs> embrace that and uh what do you think um you have the performance with the team today because you know your first time in a long time yeah i think uh yeah like i said uh i'm very happy to have my first goal and uh to start in the in the first eleven as well and uh yeah like i said in the end i scored the goal i'm i'm happy i'm happy about that but Again, I'm I'm very disappointed about the result. Like I know that I have to be positive, but I think it's difficult at, at, at this point.
0: Nigel, that's it, man. Thank you.
4: <laughs> yes, thank you.
0: D.J. goal scorer Nigel Roberta uh, talking a little bit about his game tonight. Not not a whole lot
2: noteworthy. To break down from his comments, anything you guys want to talk about? I, I like the gesture there. That he, I mean, it was it was a good goal and, and his first what? start and first goal for this team, and, and that's a big deal, especially for a player who's made a a pretty big transfer, you know, coming from the lower leagues in Europe to, to MLS and. Uh, I, I i'm i glad that he was disappointed with the results still and, and and you know the questions are trying to get him to, to boast a little bit and, and he did, wasn't having that he was disappointed with the loss and you'd like to see that in the players
1: yeah i thought it was interesting that he was the player chosen to talk what? as a
2: fox just walked by
0: uh, that, that's, that was <laughs> guys, very bizarre that's the third time that's happened yeah. i've had to just sit here quietly yeah <laughs> I'm not the only Leicester fan in the <laughs> um, So, Sam, you had mentioned earlier um, uh, what I brought up during the game, talking a little bit about um, both right Paul it. and and Julian. Well, the question I had, and it kind of hit me early in the, in the first half, was do we think that and, – and, and it's not loaded in any way. I, I want to know your guys' thoughts. You probably know where I stand. Loaded. But do you think that the performances we've seen out of guys like Paul and, and Julian – coupled with the performances we've seen out of some of the guys with perhaps less big names on the roster do you think that that has anything to do with the opposing teams kind of game planning for okay dc united's got some big talent in guys like julian gressel who can send good balls into the box paul's developing a finishing touch over the past season or so minus the acl injury we take them out of the game and now dc united can't really do a whole lot going forward do we think that that there's any of that going on or do we think it's truly these guys are
2: they're just not playing as well as some of the young guns right now go ahead i'll, I'll go I, I think there is some of that i i think especially earlier in the season uh through the first few games dc united played like 75 25 for the right side versus the left and and i think that's if you're scouting like if, if i'm able to notice that i'm sure that mls front or you know coaching staffs are able to notice that and, and try to game plan for that but also there's a little bit of underperforming i think i i had the thought came yeah. into my mind to look up goals added for dps in this league and it wouldn't surprise me if paul we love him he's been on the show he's a great guy but it wouldn't surprise me if paul was in the bottom half uh for goals added by dps if that if that makes sense to you guys it would i mean was would you say like on
0: on, like per game or you overall and i'm just the only reason i asked that is because he missed an entire year
2: with the with the injury i mean definitely definitely this year right yeah. but um maybe overall i don't know if, if paul's ever been i don't think he, he's i know he hasn't hit over 10 goals a season because only no one has for this united <laughs> um and that's a we should stat. sign that no one <laughs> that's a stat i wish i i, I didn't track I, I think wayne maybe broke it but it was with like set pieces and stuff uh but yeah, I I think there is some underperforming there, and and I I don't want to see that, and and I'll take I'll take the brunt for Julian because I you guys know that I I love Julian. I I think some of it's that the we haven't had a finishing striker for a lot of the season, and then some of it's on him. He he's been getting visibly frustrated for the past few games, and I, I don't want to see that, especially when when the player's not performing. I I understand that it's super frustrating, but I don't know. Put your head down and get to work. I guess I don't know. Sam, your thoughts? Yeah,
1: that's interesting. I'd love to hear um, what our friends in the comments have to say. Um, But I think that's a little bit easy to kind of give them that excuse. You know, you're right, maybe in the first couple games, as Joshua said. um, But A, I would argue, I mean, Kevin Prada's Moses Nyman are two people that I first thought when you said perhaps not as big names. But they kind of are now, right? When you have two very young players being named to the Gold Cup provisional roster other teams are going to start looking at them and going to start looking at how to specifically mark those players and they're both still performing right this yep. the, the second part of that is <sighs> that good players need they know how to work around knowing that they're going to be targeted right sometimes it's taking a couple fouls early so that way the ref looks at it and knows to kind of call for you if they're going to go on you sometimes it's you know just adjusting the way you run or the way you touch the ball right it you, you have to know if you're a bigger player yeah. in soccer, and this is throughout the whole world, if you're a bigger player in soccer, you're going to get marked, but the good players are able to still get their job done and they are not.
2: That's a really good point because I, I, I think you're right. I, I Paredes was fouled so much last game and, and that's that doesn't happen by chance MLS. If, if you are good and the other team knows it, they will foul you. That, it happened to Lucho up and down the field uh, when he was good for us. Uh, less so for Wayne because you can't foul the star DPs like that in this league. It's a whole other thing. But, yeah, Paredes (laughs) was fouled and still was contributing, maybe not in goals and assists, but he was moving the ball up from his left back position. And then Moses today with the assist, and maybe he wasn't as far up the pitch as you would like to see, you know, the traditional goal. He feeds the pass in directly, but he found a way around, like you were saying.
1: great though and
2: he found a way around and was able to deliver with his talent to the ball into the net
1: yeah um rose room collective had a really great comparison Mm -hmm. of his pass um to Roberta, and then andy sullivan's pass to i think trinity rodman um oh yeah and it it lines up like the timeline is perfect (laughs) (laughs) you literally just change gender basically and it's (laughs) the same play um it was really great we have um a really interesting follow-up question in the comments but john first i want to hear your answer to your own question
0: yeah, no, I, I I mean, I I think that's kind of where I came up with the question is I don't know. I mean, I think I definitely think teams can and do game plan to take individual players out of the game. Um, I, I don't necessarily think that every team we've faced since Julian Gressel signed with DC United has done that. So I think there's definitely some some on the players. I, I think, you know, Gressel's played a pretty pretty similar role in most of his time with United, even... Uh, I mean, the system was different under Olsen, but positionally he's been mostly in the same, you know, right midfield, yeah. right forward part of the field. What's happening with Paul Areola right now is interesting, and, you know, we, we talked a little bit about this during the game, too, of, like, sometimes it, it's almost like he's in a second striker role, yeah. which, by the way, he is not a second striker, <laughs> um, and other times it feels like he's more in that, you know, traditional midfield kind of role... So, I I don't know. I mean, I, I think the answer is it's both. I think teams are, are definitely looking to to make it difficult on these guys, and some of that could be because of their names. Some of it could be because
1: they're visibly
0: getting frustrated, like like you said, Joshua, right? And it's like, hey, you know, it's it's easier to take a guy like that out of the game. You knock him a couple times early, shut him down, and then all of a sudden it's like, all right, they're already in their own head. Now we'll focus on other things. So, I don't know. Um, I... I don't love the idea of Paul being deployed as a second striker. I'll tell you that. And I I would like to see Ola and Nigel out there at the same time if we're going to do two strikers. Um, Not Paul.
2: Advance forward. I'd almost bet that that second striker role was designed, or at least uh, I think it's originated from Flores. Flores is a second striker Uh, and and I think his injury plays into both sides of what we're talking about Mm -hmm. now Uh, Paul should not be forced to play second striker because that's not his position he's he's he was a right wing back for Sholos and now he's right winger and and he's a pretty good one but we're asking him to do something else he not and another part of that is we're asking all these players to do something else right when your big money dp goes out injured or hasn't been effective like flores has been for the majority of the time he's been with dc united yeah. almost I, I would say almost i i haven't seen a game where he's dominated no so, yeah so, no, so so he comes off the pecking list and everyone else is expected to carry a higher level of burden and so now we're looking at paul areola and julian gressel who are you know maybe a, a low-end dp for paul and, and then like a, a i don't even think gressel is a tam player but he came with a lot of gam on his transfer uh he's around well is he really not a tam player uh he might i, I really I think, think he's a tam i think he's around five hundred thousand, which would i, I know he costs a good amount in he the transfer, costs a but amount, and that's okay, why we put maybe, the expectations yeah. on him okay but but yeah we're asking so much more of these other players and, and we don't have flores to blame because he hasn't been playing
1: So, (laughs) his second or third season with D.C. United Flores? Second. Second, Second. yeah. 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 So, to me, I'd love to see what he can do coming back from injury. It almost still
0: feels like his first because he missed so many games last year. He did miss a
1: bunch of games. It was a rough transition, but that's something we see a lot in MLS, right, is the first year being really rough. and. I saw spark, some sparks from him this season, him really kind of adjusting and this style probably fitting a lot better, right? Yeah. So um, Joshua mentioned we were at the the open practice. Um, he was, you know, warming up. He did a little jog by and everyone clapped for him. Um, so, you know, it was good to just kind of see him doing some soccer related things. Still there, Hopefully guys. he'll be back He's soon. Still- yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: He shouldn't be far away. And neither should Steven Birnbaum, as we've said for a month now. Yeah. But Steve um, was in the practice. So the, he was or was not? He was. He was all right.
1: Yeah. Um, so the question um, I need him. Again, from JRag. Um, thanks for posing it. And we've talked about this on the pod before. Um, I think if we had a clinical striker, Gressel would have five plus assists and we'd be having a different conversation about him. My man. So. Let's go. Is that five
0: plus assists like already this season or is that on the he year? He would
1: have five plus assists. Uh, oh, Ola I mean, has he would missed be five plus goals. Question, <laughs> right. That's for sure. <laughs> a different conversation. Um, so do you all think that's accurate?
2: No, I, I absolutely do. What, yeah, what I I, saying, I do. I do as well. Ola has missed five plus goals yeah. from Gressel's foot. <laughs> I, so, like, <laughs> yeah. and, and I
0: still think Ola should start for this team, by the way. Oh. I just – I think – Do you see that screamer,
2: though, Roberta? <laughs> I, no, I, but, I, but again,
0: I, I think you you could sell me on a two-striker package here. I mean, I think Ola has a lot to offer. I don't think he's been nearly as bad this year as he has been in previous years. I'm not saying he's out here setting the world on fire because, folks, he's not. We've all watched it. But – yeah, I think if you had a world class finishing striker out there, a la Joseph Martinez, yeah, Gressel's got more assists. He should have more goals. Um, I, I just but, I don't know where that's going to come from. I I guess my I have a follow-on question, but I don't want to eat up this question. What do What do you guys think?
1: I think that's a little bit easy because you kind of get into the question of does that say more about Gressel's assisting talent or someone like Joseph Martinez's finishing talent? Right? Can Joseph Martinez finish like that? If anyone's just sending balls in the box,
0: well, uh, that's like it's probably a little bit of both, right? I mean, so
1: so I I just think it's it's too easy to say we don't have a good enough striker because if you watch some of the balls he puts in. Some of them don't make it past the first defender. Some of them go straight into the keeper's hands. In
2: this game, he
0: had a few.
1: No, in all the games. I was going to say, it feels like more
0: often than not, they don't make it past the first defender.
1: Because I know we're super hard on him, and a little bit it was just to mess with Joshua, and then I felt bad, so I really started watching (laughs) his game and trying to not make it that reason. I don't have that problem. But (laughs) But realistically not all of his crosses are phenomenal, right? They're not necessarily finding our guys in the box. and
0: Well, I think sometimes he doesn't create enough space to send the cross in either.
1: Exactly, yeah. So a little bit to me, it's more on Gressel. It's not like he's, you know... I mean, today we saw sometimes he found Paul's foot, and then Paul just couldn't put it on frame. That's super that's frustrating, right. and that's not on Julian Gressel. But I think more often than not, he's not finding the player. I he's mean, more crossing often into. than
2: not in soccer, you don't score versus
0: scoring. You're
1: right, right? right. So,
0: I, I think- so, so do you think we're like you know one lights out striker away from like Gressel's unlocked like he was in Atlanta?
2: I think we're. I, I think it goes back. I think we're one very 5 million ish dollar DP away from being a very good team. And, and we don't have that right now, right? Cause he's been injured or hurt. I, I think that's, that's the reason the team went out and spent that money is because we needed that. You need that to compete in this league because all the other teams have them. Uh, Thiago came from, for to NYCFC for a little over a million dollars or so. He, he's big money signings make it happen and you can't do anything I will that. say
1: big money signings or a really strong academy. And we're well, possibly we're starting <laughs> to see the academy side of it.
2: I haven't seen any strikers in the pipelines yet, but let's right, let's hope. Right.
1: <laughs> but hey, I'm, we'll take I'm, anything we can get. I'm thinking of teams like Philly, right? Like they don't necessarily but, Yeah, but even have Philly is like signing. a
2: good point. So I, I I watched this and I almost tweeted out today, like starting to feel really good about our, our academy products. They're like getting into the team and playing really well, and then and then Philly just threw out a 17-year-old and his first start. He gets a bicycle kick goal <laughs> at seventeen years old, and I'm like, "What yeah, the heck?" But ridiculous. but his supporting cast is different, right? He's got Castro Shabilko, who is a, a Bundesliga striker that came over, and, and Man, playing he's playing well. Good. He's and, fun to watch too. So so it's it's, it's hard. You, I, I want the academy to be everything, but you kind of have to have the balance in a MLS, right. and right now this team this team doesn't have the balance. They have a little bit of everything, but not a lot of anything. As always, the
0: text and call line is open at 540-986-4833. That's 540-9UNITED as we're live here on Tried and True. The DC United Post Game Podcast presented by Heineken.
1: And before you say whatever else you were going to say, I just wanted to (laughs) give a shout to Samuel22, our Montreal fan from last week. He's back? Who's in our comments. All right. He said, hey, I feel your pain. Um, So (laughs) I wish we could maybe not be like commiserating right now, but celebrating right now. But love having you back. We'll Uh, take any new listeners. We get.
0: tell a friend or five. (laughs)
1: Um,
0: So my question I was going to ask you guys, though, and it's related to the question from the chat. Did Roberta make enough of a statement tonight to say eh, maybe we don't need to splash a ton of cash this summer on a new striker like maybe we've got
2: something in the tank on on the team
1: i think that's hard to say after one game
2: listening to him talk in his press conference did you have more to add on that No, nope, you know, go for it. listening to him talk he was like yeah i'm not unhappy with what's happened i've been sick i got hurt and I'm just kind of glad to be giving the team what I can do now. He's like, I tell you, he talked about his ferocity and, and speed. And I was like, oh man, I, I don't know about all that yet, but I'm excited to find out. I I haven't seen Ola Kamara score from the run on play in so long. Right. Uh, well, the, the turnover that Miami gave us, right. I'm putting that to the side, but <laughs> penalties don't count for me either. Uh, that was a good goal. He, he's running yep. over the back shoulder of the defender, Moses sees him, puts the ball. It was a dime, right? All the props to Moses for that. But then, it's it, again, it's it's a two-on-one situation. I haven't seen Ola do that in so long, and and I, I was happy to see it. I would be happy to see more of it. Uh, we'll see going forward.
0: I, I think I made the joke. When it happened, I was, you know, it was it was adventures in the back line right before, and <laughs> things were not going well. And all of a sudden, you know, the ball gets cleared out by Bill. It, Nyman plays a beautiful ball forward, and I'm like, well, then we're good. We're just going to have a goloso here from Roberta. And we did. <laughs> and we haven't seen that in so long. So, look, yeah, I, I, to answer my own question, I don't know if Roberta's is the long term answer at DC United, but. Like any position in this game, if you have people fighting for the starting spot, they're going to get better. And yeah. if Ola's name is in pen, if if he's, you know, 100% fit and Roberto's right there pushing him, that's a good thing. You know, because one day it's not going to be we played two games in a week and Ola started them both. So, Roberto's starting tonight. It's going to be Roberto's just better. And then Ola's going to be pushing to get back in there. And that's good for everybody.
1: Yeah, that's the conclusion I was basically coming at. But perhaps that we do need another person in there right maybe of not sorga <laughs> okay um. <laughs> <laughs> so, so no is what Sam said <laughs> so no um i i wouldn't be mad and i don't think most of the fan base would be mad if we did go out and sign a pretty hefty striker if anything just to have that competition
0: price tag not weight right just to click all
1: right ignoring that um <laughs> because you're right there's nothing wrong with having that competition it pushes everyone to be better and that's kind of the the formula formula in mls of how you do really well is that you spend all your money on the striker and you have some academy slash just mls veteran defenders and that's how you win right um and then you sprinkle in your kids um and you sell them on to be able to afford the bigger name players so we're we're yeah. getting there <laughs> I, I
2: think we figured out casper's plan guys we we're there <laughs> <laughs> We we do also have
0: a text here from longtime listener James. Uh, we, we appreciate you interacting with us. He says one non doom and gloom thing to note tonight, which I don't know that we've been terribly doom and gloom so far, but uh, this is the second time Lasada coached against the same club uh, with Miami, and then also tonight against New York City. We've seen both those teams twice. Um, he said he shifted significantly from the tactics in the first match. We sat in a mid block for most of tonight's match, and and clearly that shows that Lasada is willing to adjust. And I think that, in a way, kind of speaks to what Lasada was trying to say in the post game press conference. Of you know, yeah, we're adjusting, but it in a way it also does kind of go against the ethos that he's trying to bring to this team. I know we right. covered on this a little bit, but did you guys was the was an adjustment?
2: apparent to you all watching the tonight? for sure it was not it was not Lasada ball and, yeah. and he said before and so I get to quote him he said 70 30 right we we do our yeah. our tactics 70 we adjust for the team we're playing 30 and tonight that was not it I would say it, it was at least 50 50 I didn't see the teams and look that's not a bad thing like adjust do whatever it takes to win and honestly we should have done a little bit more and adjusted that last corner to get a point but, you know, it, it is fun to see some – maybe this is an evolution or maybe he says some things and then does – I don't know. Well, I'm a that, mad.
1: That's such an interesting take from James. I really appreciate him texting that into us because we just chalked it up to the fitness level – not the fitness level, but the three games that we've played, right? And fitness players, plus pictures. Yeah. Huh? Um, not fitness in the way that Losada was maybe talking about Very fitness true. at the beginning of the Very season now. <laughs> um, we just chalked it up to having to change – The men on the field and that inherently meaning that you have different talents and the system needs to change a little bit um, because he hasn't really been here long enough to be able to build like for like subs like that. So I I don't I don't know. I still think that it had more to do with the three games than it did necessarily New York City's um, tactics or how we were going to play against them. But perhaps I'm wrong because Lasada did say in the presser that he didn't want us going for that second goal at the very end. So maybe he did kind of adjust. I don't know. That's really interesting. Do you all have any more thoughts? or I don't think I have an answer, really.
2: <laughs> Guys, by the end of the year, it's going to be 4-4-2 in a low block. I'm telling you. <laughs> oh, my God. It's ingrained in this team.
1: <laughs> no, it'll be either be a three or a five in the back.
2: Okay, but he did noticeably change. Like, we played three midfielders instead of – the two at,
1: he said though that was because of the numbers and who I, he had available to him I, jason anderson asked it and also but, just but, shouted but to everything jason. he
2: said in the press has been i'll do what i'm going to do no matter what right and, and that shows at least some adaptability and and i think we've seen some uh that has not been forced by anything else i think there has been some choice in some of the changes that we've seen yeah i mean b- before we we move on i think the last
0: question i want to tee up is at at what point should we start to be concerned because i don't think any of us are there yet i mean i i see social media is a little bit on fire and there's some some rational takes in there which is interesting but i i am certainly not concerned about this team we've these have been two brutal games to watch this week but in a very different way than how i would have described a brutal dc united game for most of the time that I've been a DC United fan, right? I mean, these were games we were in the whole time. We were attacking, we had chances. We only got one point where we we probably should have at least had four out of the two, out of the two games. So I'm not concerned. I think we've talked about some challenges with the roster, but other than that, I, I'm not terribly concerned. How do you guys feel on it? And at, and at what point do we maybe get a little concerned?
1: I'm not concerned. Um and I don't know if we get concerned this season. And this goes back, we've talked about this a lot. It just goes back to what our expectations are for this season. Um Lasada painted out at the very beginning that his expectations this season were to specifically learn the system. And you can expect us to be challenging for the league next season. Um, I don't know if that's still what he thinks, because to me, this team has learned it a lot faster than I anticipated. We are yeah. looking a lot better than I thought we would at this point of the season. You can see that they understand the runs that they're supposed to be making and the passes and um, even passing off marks and things like that. You know, they're, they're really getting it. Um, yeah. And to me, the third game, unfortunately, losing at the last moment on the road is not a reason to panic i'm more concerned about our goals in the run of play but that again so it has less to do with the system and more to do with the personnel
2: joshua i i think look we, at, at one point if the result had stood we would have been 500 on the season five wins five losses one draw I, that's pretty good for a team that has gone massive changes you know changed our coach for the first time in 10 years and doesn't have a Wayne Rooney on the team. And I, I don't know what we can change. Right. Like we, people in the chat are talking about uh, maybe a little bit, you know, cynically, but like, we, we don't have money. Uh, We're not a big spending team. What do you guys want to do? Blow up the whole route We can't just sell all our players, just sink that cost and and then buy a whole new team. It's going to take time. So like, what do you actually expect to happen in, in, in the summer transfer window? Like, well, probably... we have
1: Mark Ingram, so. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Mark Ingram with his 1% of the teasing. team is probably not going to change too much.
1: He bought into bodies by a striker. <laughs> Look, he, he might
0: be one striker injury away from at least getting to run out in practice <laughs> in the next month or so before he's got to report to Texas training camp.
2: Yeah, <laughs> but, but sorry, Josh, I, don't think, I don't think we can expect too much change. To happen for the team, so if we can't expect too much change in so much short notice, how can we expect so much change on the field and in the product and, and such short notice? I think I, I don't want to admit that a season is, is lost. With this team, is is learning things and growing, and hopefully, as we move through time, like we'll have more opportunities to maybe trade players, or you know their contract runs up, or we can, you know, free up a little bit of money to, to bring someone else. in. I think. Yeah, I, I don't think we need to panic. Uh, Lasada is the way. He's he's clearly got ideas. He knows how to win soccer games. So let, let's stay behind him. Let, maybe not stay behind the whole roster, but but find ways to fix things and make the roster a little bit better. And I, I think we're on the right path.
1: Yeah, and I just want to be clear that personally, playoffs are the standard, right? They should be the standard for every team every single season. In the MLS, yes. Yes, I bring up what Las- the standard Lasada said, just for us to benchmark our conversations around what the team is going for. But personally, I think we should be a playoff aspirational team. And I, I think that we are right. We're probably not winning the shield this season, but I think that we really do have a shot in at the playoffs and then more importantly, possibly making it past that first game hurdle in the playoffs.
2: Yeah. I think that's optimistic. I, 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 think we're, we're hovering around the r- line right now and got to figure some things out i i think the other teams will get better other teams don't have completely full rosters and will you know bring a third DPN or, or you know they're, they're gonna spend money and i i think dc united needs to I, I don't expect dc united to match that but i expect dc united to get better at what they've been doing and, and grow as a team and i am confident that losada will
1: will make that happen and we will be better and frankly not bringing in wholesale yeah Uh, i really do think we've gotten better progressively throughout the season so i see that continuing because we talked about today where the team is learning right and i don't think that they're going to take these lessons from today and toss them i it's also possibly a good thing that we're not going to bring in very key people in this summer signing because as we just said, it takes time to adjust, right? Unless you're bringing them in from another team in MLS, which isn't standard. It takes them some games and some months and some time to really adjust. And that can also kind of throw a team's balance off. So if we know that this is it until the end of the season, it's almost an advantage because there are no other variables. This is just it. And we have to, as a collective, figure it out.
2: It's a very optimistic take that we come to expect
1: <laughs> from, from Stan
2: Kasner.
0: I think they got to stay the course. I mean, keep doing what they're doing. Look, even if they come up short of the playoffs this year, it's not like we're going to fire Lasada, right? I mean, if this is the way, this is the system we're going to play, keep playing it. You're not going to win every week. They're going to keep getting better. I agree with you, Sam. I think they are getting better. Um, I think a little more health, midweek game that's out of the way you know, and, and and not in the in the schedule. I, I think they could they should come back and they should play very well against the bad Toronto FC team at the weekend. If they don't do that, maybe I'll be start to get a little bit concerned. And and that's not long term concerns. That's twenty twenty one season concerns of like, oh man, are we we gonna be able to pull out of the snow dive this year? I still think, you know, the vision and everything's pretty sound, but yeah, that's where my head's at.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, some of the comments too, um, from Eric and Brian, um, thanks so much for commenting or just that it's fun to watch this team again, regardless. <laughs> and that, um, Eric specifically said, I feel, um, proud as a fan more than I have in a while. So that's great. Um, <laughs> and I think we that agree. Helps. Yeah, <laughs> I think we agree. We said it last, last show too. Um, it's, it's a different kind of frustration we're feeling this season and, but it's a more fun type of frustration. Um, and, and it's just improving, right? Last last game we were mad we didn't score. This game we did, so we're just moving up. Oh, man. <laughs>
2: my, my optimistic take <laughs> is that at least we didn't hire Chris Armas because Toronto <laughs> is a little garbage fire <laughs> right now. A little. They're bad. We got award a word of man of the match tonight. Um,
0: I don't know. Whose turn is it to go first? Yours. Oh, I'm oh. ready. I've got mine. Go for Locked it. Locked and loaded. Moses is not a man of the match. Um, I thought – Look, the the ball he delivered was probably enough to do it, regardless of how the rest of the game played, but he had more than one good ball. He was in the right position more often than not tonight. I thought he played great. Fortunate that he went off very, very early, and the fact that I'm I'm giving my man in the match to somebody who only put in about twenty five minutes is thirty something. Thirty 30-something. Yeah. 30-something. Yeah. a Little bit of an indictment on the rest of the roster, but but that's that's where my head's at.
1: Go ahead.
2: Oh, I'm I'm frustrated with Moses. I, I Expect, wow. if you if you start a game, you should be able to play at least 45, at least 45, right? And so, I, I don't think Lasada was, I, I don't know if he was 100% forthcoming. Okay, yeah, There's
0: no way your 17-year-old, 18-year-old kid comes out because he's tired. Also, it's not Also,
1: is that on Moses or is that on the training and coaching staff? There's no way Moses was like, I know I'm ready. And if he physically wasn't ready, they know that.
2: Uh, Uh, But above all, Moses should know that. Uh, Anyways, the pass was excellent, (laughs) but I pay money to watch goals scored at soccer games. And Nigel Roberta did that from the run of play today. And it was like, look, it was a great pass in, but it was also a very good run off the back shoulder. And then he absolutely smashes it past Sean Johnson. I love seeing Sean Johnson sad. Uh, so I'm giving my man a match and I over Roberta. And I don't think there's any honorable mentions this week, which is sad and indicative of what happened on the field.
1: Was it Roberta who you wrote down got the yellow card for hurting Sean's feelings? Yeah, 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 yeah. That was a great it yellow card. It was a card. little bit more than that. I, I thought he just the dropped replay. the
0: ball live so it's on the replay. I was like, oh, no. Yeah, that was, yeah. Look, that that, was yeah. a yeah. tactical foul. You'd love to see
2: that.
1: Uh, we'd love to see more of it possibly (laughs) in the you know 95th minute um (laughs) I'm gonna go actually the opposite route and I'm gonna give it to Fred Briant I thought he played really well um Moses is a good shout I don't know if 37 minutes is really enough for me I know Fred also came out early um but I I thought he did really well defensively um he saved us from a couple tight tight situations so shouts to Fred I hope he's not too injured um because until steven comes back we do really need a veteran back there
0: yeah and i think this is the appropriate segment of the show to give a shout out um to longtime DC united friend um big rob who has been battling cancer for quite some time now and we unfortunately just received word via twitter that he did pass away peacefully in his sleep tonight Uh, so our thoughts here on the show are of course with uh, Big Rob, his son Marco, his whole family, his whole DC United family. Um, I, I personally never had the chance to meet him, but I've, I've talked to enough uh, people who have and, and spoke so highly of everything that he brought to the Black and Red family. And, um, you know, hearing Dave and, and Devin and the team talk about it on the broadcast, you know, this really is a family. Um, it, it's been a family to me. It's how I've met, you know, some of my closest friends in the area. And, of course, you guys are, are among that. Um and it means a lot, and and I know that, you know, we're not the only people that feel that way, and so this is definitely a loss, and um, our our thoughts are with Big Rob and his family tonight.
1: Yeah, I mean, nothing to add. That's tough, but um, you're right. He brought so much to the team, and, you know, it really does show that at the end of the day, it's about kind of the people who support.
0: Yeah, and and as we look ahead, um, you know, Loudon – play uh they played charleston yesterday it was a tough tough loss for them smashed shut up they were uh it it was oh man loudon are 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 a a tough team
2: because they're so fun to watch yet they're they're not very good (laughs) and i don't know i don't know how that works like they're 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 bad at winning games but they're not bad at soccer which is is perplexing like (laughs) i i I don't know what to make of them but hopefully all those guys are getting good minutes and getting ready to step into dc united's lineup and and we have someone to fill nyman's shoes when he gets sold to europe very very soon (laughs) ouch
1: man i hope it's not that soon (laughs) yeah for real (laughs) it's coming
0: Anyways, next weekend, the black and red take on Toronto FC uh, at home for the first time this year. Uh, Toronto, as we mentioned a couple times this show, are not a very good MLS team. Uh, So hopefully, DC United can find three points pretty easily. Um, I know you guys won't be on the show next weekend. Uh, Michael Black will be back. We will keep you all updated in terms of whether we're going to be back on site just yet or if we'll be doing the – the morning after show on on your Sunday morning, but just stay tuned to all the social channels. We'll we'll keep you in the loop, guys. What we miss!
2: Uh, Spirit win, right? 2-1 uh, two, yeah. two away. Uh, Trinity Rodman, all of them went up there awesome. and and showed them what what was up. It was awesome.
1: Yeah, you'll love to see it.
2: Um, yeah that that's that's about it for me. I'm I'm excited for uh th- that. <laughs> You know, Toronto on July 3rd should be a super fun game. I'm super sad that I'm going to not be there for it. Uh, was at the team store when I went to the practice and, and saw the Americana training tops. They're a little too Revs logo-ish. The inverted revolution flag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> they, Why is that not their permanent awake hit? it? It's... It would be pretty sharp as that, Um, but yeah, check those out if you are a a big fan of the training tops. I know Sam is. I thought you were going to say a big fan of America, which would have opened up a whole different.
0: (laughs) The training tops have been (laughs) largely better than the away jerseys for a while. Sam, are you going to buy the the training top?
1: We'll see. <laughs> Sam Still
0: is see. a big
2: fan of America, so. Okay. <laughs> can, <you> know. <laughs> this
1: is weird. Let's not have this conversation. <laughs>
2: On that note, thanks for joining us tonight. Uh,
0: let us know your thoughts midweek. We'll hopefully have a press conference. We oddly did not have pregame availability this week. I noticed that yesterday when we were so talking fast, about though. going to the. Yeah, that's true. It was way.
1: such a turnaround.
0: Yeah. Um, but anyways, well, I would expect uh Thursday to be press conference day as usual. We'll probably set uh set Michael Black up to cover that as usual, <laughs> uh especially cuz he's not here to defend himself. <laughs> and uh with that, we'll talk with you guys really really soon right here on Tried and True the DC United post game podcast presented by Heineken.